Welcome to Canine Nation. It's Sunday, February 17th, 2019. This is episode 124. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Eric Brad. This week, I'm talking about new dogs. It could be a puppy that you bring home, or it could be a rescue dog from the shelter. In either case, there's a lot to teach a dog. And by and large, our dogs are eager to learn. It's amazing how well they adapt to our lifestyles, regardless of whether we live on a big farm with lots of land or live in a small condo in the city. The dog you bring home will likely find a way to fit into your lifestyle. My wife and I found that the more we learned about dogs' behavior and training, the more we found to worry about in raising our dog. It seemed to us that every opportunity to teach our young puppy something new was also an opportunity to let him develop bad habits or do something wrong and mess up everything we had trained to that point. Well, it turns out that positive training and building a strong foundation with your dog can go a long way to creating a strong relationship and a lasting set of skills that your dog will have for a lifetime. And then I remembered what a famous trainer once said to me. If it takes months to build a dog, it'll take months to break a dog. And you know, we found that's true. Nevertheless, we can't help but worry with each new dog we get. and so. I wrote this essay to remind us that doing the good work and creating a strong foundation not only builds a good relationship, but it gives you a little insurance against life's little mistakes. So here is my essay, Don't Break the Dog. When we got our youngest dog, Rizzo, my wife commented to me on how he was the perfect puppy. I agreed with her and suggested that, basically, he was ours to mess up. While that may sound a little unkind, we both understood each other. Our eight-week-old puppy came to us pretty much as a blank slate. He was ready, willing, and able to learn whatever we were prepared to teach him. We could just as easily teach him, through poor techniques or just bad execution, all of the things that he would need to make him a bad dog, a problem for us, or even a danger to the public. But all we had to do was not mess up and we would have a wonderful dog. It sounds simple enough. We put a great deal of thought and work into training Rizzo in that first year. My wife did most of the work, although we talked frequently about Rizzo's progress and what we could do to improve his learning by changing his training in small ways. We didn't spend hours and hours training him either. We did short sessions with him every day, and we were very specific about what we were working on teaching our new puppy each time we worked with him. Strangely, the process seemed to bring out a fear of doing something wrong in both my wife and me. We didn't want to break the dog that had come to us so wide-eyed and perfect. Rizzo has turned out to be a pretty terrific dog. He's not perfect. There was more we could have done in his early training. There were things we could have done differently. But on the whole, we taught Rizzo to be exactly the dog that we wanted. His few quirks have become endearing traits and nothing we can't manage. Still, 
Somewhere in the back of our minds is that little nagging voice that says, Careful, don't screw him up. It reminds me of the children's story of the three little pigs who each built their houses out of different materials, straw, wood, and brick. All three pigs were convinced that they had built solid homes for themselves. But when the big bad wolf came to huff and puff and blow their houses down, only the house made of brick could withstand the test. When we train our dogs, it can be hard to know whether our training is made of straw or made of brick when it comes to standing up to slip-ups, accidents, and unexpected situations. We train our dogs using mark-and-reward training. It's a great technique for many reasons. Among its virtues is that it's an overwhelmingly positive experience for the dog. They like to do it. Behaviors are learned in easy-to-do increments. There's lots of practice and lots of fun. It's quick, easy to learn how to do, and allows the dog to learn in a safe and comfortable way. As I mentioned, we trained a little bit each day, so new learning quickly became well-known behaviors, and then those well-known behaviors became good habits. Training Rizzo became part of the daily routine. We built up the behaviors we wanted bit by bit, doing a little work each day. We were consistent to interrupt any behaviors that we didn't want and redirect Rizzo to some more acceptable activities. I like to think of it like the little pig who built his house of brick. We just did the work. We taught our dog, brick by brick, and eventually we had a dog that fit into our lives just as we had envisioned. We were doing our daily work with Rizzo, but even though we could see him learning and growing each day, there was still that nagging fear that somehow it could disappear one day. What if we failed to interrupt his barking? What if he got loose and chased a squirrel and we couldn't recall him? What if he found playing with other dogs more rewarding than working with us? There were a hundred what-if scenarios that we could worry about. But I remember some very good advice I had heard when I was raising our older dog, Tiramisu. If it takes months to build a dog, it takes months to break a dog. My own experience with Tira had taught me that all of that daily training had other benefits beyond just what I teach my dog. When we train with our dogs, we keep the success rate high. They're successful at least three out of every four tries, even if we have to change the criteria in order to make it easier for them to succeed. That means that even though they don't get rewarded on one out of every four tries, on average, of course, they still enjoy training because the experience is rewarding most of the time. But it's a very human thing to worry about what might go wrong. In fact, it seems that the more you know and the more prepared you think you are for how you're going to raise your dog, the more you discover things that you can worry about. And clearly, we did. I think all of that planning and all of that effort did make us more sensitive to all of the things that could possibly go wrong. Can you break a dog? Sure, it happens all the time. Just ask the people who work at the animal shelters and in rescue organizations. If you're listening to this, you very likely have put more than a little bit of thought into how you work and live with your dogs. I want to reassure you that all of the work you put in is worth it. In addition to teaching our dogs how to be good dogs, 
we also somehow manage to teach them to be forgiving of our occasional mistakes. It seems to me that the more effort you put into teaching your dog, the more forgiving they seem to be of the forgotten reward, the poorly timed interruption, or the occasional bad dog moment. Rizzo isn't perfect. He still barks at strangers on walks, not necessarily a bad thing, and he certainly gets overly excited and howls and whines when it's time to play agility. But he doesn't bolt out the door ahead of us, We don't worry about him chasing down the neighbors. He's a willing and cooperative partner with my wife in search and rescue tracking, rally obedience, and agility. They often go kayaking and hiking together, and he's an excellent traveler with great hotel manners. So, even though I worry we could have done more, I don't worry about that unexpected big bad wolf situation that might come along and wipe out all of the good work that we've done. It's all still there, even though we mess up from time to time. That's the wonderful thing about dogs, training, and behavior. We can always do more work on things. After all, in our house, training is fun. And who doesn't like more fun? If you enjoy these podcasts, why not drop by our website at caninenation.ca and you'll find dozens more to listen to. While you're at it, perhaps click on the donate button and offer us a dollar or five or whatever you'd like to give to help support the podcast and help us keep the lights on. Or you can support the podcast by spreading the word on social media or leaving us a review on iTunes. I'd love to hear feedback from you about the podcast. If you have any comments, stories, or questions, you can email me at talk to at caninenation.ca. That's talk and the number two at caninenation.ca. I look forward to your comments. Canine Nation is also on Facebook. You can find our Canine Nation page where we post information about the latest articles, podcasts, and news about Canine Nation events. We also have a discussion group, the Canine Nation Forum. It's a place to discuss the podcast, the Canine Nation essays, life with dogs, and training our dogs, or just to share some information we found around the Internet. Thank you for listening. I'd appreciate it if you'd share this with the dog people in your life. I guess that's all for now. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. (music) 